0: hello and welcome into the heat check sim show with your host the real sim shady i'm really excited to bring you guys today's episode i originally planned to release it this weekend along with the march madness recap but this episode will consist solely of the interview conversation i had with mark hutchinson for those of you hoping to learn about the March Madness happenings and hear about all the action that happened, uh, both in the NCAA tournament and in the NIT, don't worry, the March Madness recap will still be coming this weekend, and I can tell you, it was a really exciting tournament from uh, to, to get to the point we are right now, which is still waiting on the championship game results, but there have been upsets, um, there have been some, some great Cinderella stories, uh, both in the NCAA tournament and in the NIT, so I'm excited to bring you that recap, but uh, I wanted to bring I wanted to share this episode early as I had a really great conversation with Mark and I think you guys are really going to enjoy that and I was able to line up another great guest for the episode that I'll release later this week um, that it will also include that March mattis recap so look forward to that that episode coming later this week and I hope you enjoy the interview I had with mark just as an intro for Mark Hutchinson um, he's the head coach of heat check Sim Monmouth um, he's also the host of of the Monmouth podcast, which covers all things real Monmouth basketball, which can be found on Twitter at Monmouth Podcast. Um, you know, during our conversation, we discussed his successes, his struggles to this point with Monmouth uh, in the sim, as well as some great discussion from him on his strong recruiting class, um, some of his non-conference opponents coming up this year, and um, as well as a few of Mark's ideas on a few updates to the sim that he would enjoy seeing being incorporated. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, I'm really excited to share this conversation. It was fun to record and I'm looking forward to catching up with Mark again in the, in the future. So again, hope you all enjoy it. And here's Mark. Hey, Mark, thanks for coming on and having the courage to be the first guest on the show. I'm really looking forward to chatting about and breaking down a number of different topics.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess it takes uh, some stones to come on and and be the (laughs) initial guest and uh, why not let it be someone who is taking an alternate approach to this by not hiding behind uh, being a power five prestige one (laughs) coach with the man to offer whoever he wants and get whoever he wants and win 20 plus (laughs) games every year. Uh, Why don't you, you know, take a risk on a risk taker, a guy that had a chance at a whole bunch of bigger schools and uh, went with his heart instead. I love it. It's coming in hot, taking shots Really,
0: I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, why don't we start with, you know, how you can kind of just break down how you heard about the sim and how you got involved with it.
1: Yeah, so I had followed Eli previously um, on Twitter, you know, because he's just so good at covering actual college hoops. And yeah. I was immediately interested when he started to tease out Um, some feelers, uh, on his Twitter about this sim game. And I've always been big on like college basketball video games and there hasn't been a new one of those in (laughs) nearly a decade. So this seemed like a pretty cool opportunity to fill that void. And additionally, when you think about the timing of the release of the sim game, it was perfect Mm -hmm. for me. I mean, college basketball, March Madness had just been canceled. All sports were canceled. I was pretty much stuck inside mostly due to COVID being really bad here where I am in New Jersey, and there were really limited entertainment or sports options. So the sim kind of ended up giving me a form of entertainment, sports, and also a reason to socialize with some other coaches, uh, including a few close friends of mine during a time that really was very challenging to... Find socialization options to find things to be excited and positive about, and find you know sports and entertainment. So uh, one thing I definitely want to do is shout out and thank Eli for releasing the game right in the heart of the beginning of the pandemic when you know things just seemed so bleak, and he yep. kind of gave us you know a reason to you know smile and enjoy something. So thanks so much for that, Eli.
0: <laughs> No, I definitely agree. You know, so going back to your original point, I definitely enjoyed the old college basketball video games as well. Um, You know, I always liked taking on a challenge and building up a program similar to kind of what we're both um, tasked with doing with our mid to low major programs. But, um, you know, the thing that I really love about the sim is that I'm competing with 351 real people rather than the CPU or the computer, um, whatever it may be when it comes to the the video games. And so I just like that, you know, I have to outwork or outthink, out strategize other people who are also, you know, trying to do the same thing with against me. So um, I really love that. And so, you know, with the video games, I I actually enjoyed like building the teams more than playing the actual games. And so this is kind of perfect. I, I, not that I didn't enjoy the games, but this is kind of exactly what I was, what I look for when it comes to, you know, building a team and being able to compete and things like that. Um, And then your point about, about the pandemic and the timing of all this is just, you know, a great point. Um, The timing definitely couldn't have been better. Um, I know it sounded like Eli kind of um, dropped it when he did um, on purpose, you know, he, he, he intended to, to, you know, take advantage of the time when um, you know, people were really looking for that kind of entertainment to fill, especially for something related to sports. You know, I think, People are probably losing their minds trying to find new shows on Netflix. So, um, finding the, finding a game like this that, you know, can kind of bring you the sports that everyone was craving, um, I think was brilliant. So, I, yeah, I think it's a great point to kind of shout out Eli and, um, you know, having the foresight to kind of drop this when he did not even knowing at the time that we were going to be without sports for so long, but, um, you know, it kind of, it, it just worked out really well, you
1: know, um, yeah, come so far that now on the day where, you know, we have NBA bubble and NBA playoffs, you know, a part of my major sports uh, focus is still on my sim team. So, you know, we've <laughs> really come a long way, you know, saying through these first uh, two two plus seasons now of the, the Heat Check Sim that, you know, now that we have, you know, baseball and, and we have the NBA and, you know, hockey, if you're into that, you know, whatever it is, there's more entertainment options you can go out a little bit more you know whatever it might be but the sim is still something that is extremely you know important to me for my entertainment value
0: definitely and yeah you're speaking for me too in that in that sense i definitely you know i put a podcast together so i I definitely agree with you there (laughs) um so so you're you're obviously the coach of monmouth and you you uh have been there both seasons, season one and season two. Um, if you don't mind giving us some background with your experience with your heat check team, um, you know, kind of give me a breakdown on how your teams did in the first two seasons. Um, you know, maybe your strength of rosters, your significant results, best players, or anything else you think is relevant. Um, just kind of give us, you know, some some perspective on what you're working with.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I chose Mammoth, and I'll get into why I chose Mammoth. but Mammoth has been – you know, for the most part, uh, for the better part of the last, you know, five years, uh, a pretty good low to mid major team um, to a great low to mid major team. So, uh, mm-hmm. year one, I inherited a relatively strong roster, really. Um, I had the number 100 for strength of, ro- of roster, and I had three standout seniors on that team. So, um, two of the three best players were power forward and a center, and then I had a shooting guard in there. So, I went with a slower pace because of my two big men. Um, my team won 21 games. We ran all the way to the MAC title game uh, where we lost by one point to a heavily favored Iona squad. Uh. So I want to say Iona was like, you know, in the 60s for, you know, their their SOR, their strength of roster. Um, yep. And to see, you know, you're going through the bracket and seeing the, the results and you get to the end and it's like, oh, you lost by one point. And, uh, <laughs> the best thing for the sim mac would have been, I think, if I had won, because I right. think I could have gotten an at-large bid, which would have been, you know, the best for um for, for the conference. And then uh year two, my strength of roster plummeted to 281. Um I started to really question how good of a job <laughs> I was going to do running my beloved monologs Uh it was uh it was a little rough. Um definitely I would tell anyone who would listen to me, um, and, and, you know, I'm pretty active on Twitter and on Discord. I'm telling people, you know, this is the rebuild year, but then we're reloading in season three. So <laughs> say, you know, it's a rebuilding year. That's fine, whatever. You know, my goal was to hopefully sneak into that top eight. I didn't. I didn't make the MAC tournament. But it was, you know, my three best players graduated. Um, I only had one big yep. recruiting splash. I got a three-star shooting guard who was number 90 overall in the class, DeWan Vaughn. Um, who well, I was telling everyone this is the one and only recruit I'm going to get, you know, he's going to, you know, and, um, you know, I decided to go with a full sprint up, up-tempo up attack to utilize DeJuan's mm. best, so pretty much like, hey, I want him to score as much as he can, I want to, you know, just let him thrive, so I could care less about the rest of my roster at that point because, first of all, they're not the guys I recruited, so I don't, uh, you know, they're not my guys, I'm not you know emotionally attached to those guys second of all you know he's my guy he's he's the one dude and um the reason that i was able to get him i believe is because one he was available you know uh for the low and mid majors in my region he was from pennsylvania and two he was the only guy i offered in recruiting cycle one and three i didn't have any other shooting guards on the roster so yeah you you know he was the (laughs) guy um so we went 10 and 18 this year. We missed a MAC tournament. Um, but we had a big year on the recruiting trail, which I think will set us up to immediately hop back into the mix as legit MAC title contenders again in year 3.
0: Yeah, so it's it's funny you, you kind of break all that down. It's it's a di- way different experience than I than I went through in in my first my first team, you know, getting my feet wet within the Sims. So, I mean, your first team, you, you inherited a good team, a strong team that, you know, if, if, you know, one thing went right in that last game, you would have found yourself in the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and then you saw the departures and then you had to rebuild right away, which, um, so you kind of entered a a situation in year two where it's a letdown season. And then you have to, you know, pick, pick your spirits back up and try to figure it out. Um, Whereas for me, I, I inherited such a bad team that even the slightest amount of success was you know super encouraging. I won uh, nine games and every time I, I saw that my team won it was it was uh, extremely exciting and, and surprising so definitely um, entered at kind of different points but um, you know also kind of experiencing a few of the same things in that, in that second season for, for both of us. Um, so you mentioned that recruiting class <laughs> and obviously I think people are pretty aware you, You put together a really impressive class. And so what I'm curious to know is, you know, what did you do? Um, How did you go about putting the class together? What needs were you looking to fill? Um, Were you focused on high schoolers or JUCO? Um, You know, how did you, how how focused were you on recruiting versus development? Things like that. I was kind of curious to hear your thoughts
1: and and anything you want to share about it. Sure. So first of all, my, my team being SOR 281, I had a lot of holes to fill and a lot of chances to upgrade my roster. Um, and I'm going to say, before I even get into it, just I'm putting everybody on notice that my recruiting class is loaded, okay? Like, you don't <laughs> get recruiting classes like this at the low and mid-major level. Uh, I mean, you, when you look at the, the top 21 recruiting classes, you have Tulane up there, but Tulane is in a much bigger um, conference than the Mac.
0: Yep,
1: We are the class... Of all classes of traditional one bid leagues this year. Okay, so I will come out here. I will put my four guys, my four guys that I brought in, plus Dewan, Dewan and only, those five up against anybody's five that they recruited in the first two years in the Sim. Okay, so I'm going to just put that all out on the table um, and say that in season one, I just want to go quickly back to that. In season one, I was all the way dirty and I focused <laughs> on transfers. Sassi- yep. Like, I know I'm going to lose these three seniors. I'm going to go all the way dirty. Hopefully we make the tournament the tournament the first year. I'm going to go all the way dirty. I'm going to try to reload with transfers. Yeah, it seems like a really good idea, right, Joe? Yeah, it didn't work <laughs> out. Yeah, it didn't work out. So I was able to sign my man, Dewan Vaughn, the 90th overall shooting guard, um, in cycle one. Then cycle two came. Cycle three came. I struck out in both. And I was only offering one or two guys. Like, I was trying to do, and I really feel like recruiting was so blind without the, the crystal ball. So, but even through two and three, when I totally struck, I was like, I'm good. The transfer market's coming. I'm, I'm 100%, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I'm going all out dirty, and I was all out transfers. So, I didn't have even a decent small forward on my roster. I had one really, really terrible small forward. So, on the transfer market, I offered the top two small forwards. That's it. I didn't get either of them. So, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I got a star player, but I got nothing else. So for season two, I decided I'm going to go full dirty again (laughs) because I'm not making any sort of tournament. I didn't even think I could make the Mac tournament with the roster I had. And I don't know if I went with one or possibly two on development. And my focus changed to high school and junior college recruits and forgot about the transfer since that was such a disaster for me. <laughs> um, yeah. in one. So in comes this magical thing called the crystal ball, and the crystal ball enabled me to be so much more efficient and successful with my targets. So I'll go cycle by cycle here, and I'll kind of you know give you an idea of what I was thinking. First of all, the Definitely. first thing I was thinking is there is no way in the world I was touching anyone who was a shooting guard because I didn't want Dewan Devo- Vaughn leaving, leaving at all. So I, I could have had the number five overall, you know, guy as a shooting guard. I wasn't even touching him. Okay. I wasn't <laughs> even touching shooting guards. So in cycle one, um, I was able to grab recruit number one oh six in a center, uh, Tibor Edelin, who's out of Germany. And that guy had 17 other offers. All right. Wow. So yep. yeah, so I've been calling him um, you know, little little Dirk, you know, wh- whatever people <laughs> hear, okay. Uh, you know, I was I was saying Uncle Nowitzki or nephew Witzki, You know, a couple different things I was throwing out there about him. Okay, so he's going to be my Dirk. He's going to be my matchup problem as a center, um, and he's pretty good. I mean, he's a six seven offense and a and a six one defense. And um, oh. my focus has been more on offensive side of the ball for my stars. And I was hoping to get a standout front court player to kind of complement my standout backcourt player so really you're talking you know dewan vaughn and then as shooting guard and then i got t-bor i was saying t-bor time on discord i got him as a center so then i'm like all right now i need to get the best backcourt partner i could get for dewan because if there's something we know about low and mid-major basketball guards win guards win low and mid-major basketball and i want to play up tempo i want to score a bunch of points i needed another stud out in the backcourt. So in cycle two, um, I was able to grab the number one hundred recruit in the nation, which was even more yeah. impressive than Tibor, um, three star Lewis <laughs> Clem. And you know, I was out on Twitter and I was saying like, yeah, you know, he's from Pennsylvania, him and DeWan, they're from Philly. They played in AAU together. So that's how I was able to there, land. Yeah. And of course you got people <laughs> on Sherpin on me, you know, you're dirty with the AAU programs, you're paying off the AAU program, which is great. You know what? Hey, Georgetown, Georgia tech, you, you're not happy that I have better recruiting class than you. I get it. All right. You're not happy about it. That's fine. You can sharp at me. Um, but you know, <laughs> you put those two Philly guards together. Now I have a great backcourt. Okay. Yep. And, um, and Clem is more um, of a balanced player. So he's a six, four on offense and a six, four on defense. Um, And then what I was able to do was um, I got my worst player of my four-man class, which was a three-star, small forward, uh, 222nd-ranked Michael Aluma out of Nigeria. So, you know, I'm working some crazy pipelines here. Germany, Nigeria. Uh, He filled my small forward hole. And he's definitely the worst of my recruits. But the fact that I was able to lead the crystal ball on the 100th-ranked point guard and get a small forward who's a three-star – to fill another hole was awesome for me. So he's a six, seven on offense, but he's only a four, four on defense. But again, at Monmouth, we're really focusing on outscoring you right now than, than defending anybody. Um, And then prior to even getting the cycle three, and this is where I started to really uh, hone in on understanding this. I was already scouring the list to find out who I could get as a power forward. Cause I was like, listen, I got Tibor at center. I yep. got a Luma to play small forward. I got Dewan and I got Clem in the backcourt. So now I need a small forward because, like I told you, my small forward I have is horrible. So <laughs> um, I looked up, and I saw this power forward from New York, Langston Quigley. So I was like, you know what? Like, he's not a great offensive player. He's 5.3, but 6.9 defense. He could be my enforcer. Like, he could knock people down who are trying to get too physical with my guy, Tibor, or my guard. So I was like, I'm going to go get this tough – you know, rugged New York power forward. So the stars aligned and Quigley was available on my recruiting list. And uh, when cycle three came out and he was the guy who I, I went for, I didn't even look at anybody else, offer anybody else. And, and that's how I was able to put together the number 21 recruiting class in the nation, which again is unheard of for a low mid major in a one bid conference. And um, you know, you, you're adding all of these three star talents. I'm going to have a full, uh, starting five of all three-star talents, two of which are going to be former top 100 players. Uh, Tibor was actually rated the same um, at a 12.8 as everyone from, I think, 98 down to 107. So to me, he's a top 100 player, too. So I'm going to tell you, I got three top 100 guys, okay? Wow. And then I yeah. got two forwards who are going to fill in. I think Aluma is going to be an athletic scorer on the wing. And then I got Quigley. He's going to be my enforcer. He's going to make sure nobody's, you know, knocking around my star guards. Nobody's trying to punk my man from Germany, T-board time. And, and that's how you put together uh, a squad of dudes. And now that I have a squad of dudes, even though my bench isn't great, you know, I think I could go toe to toe with anybody in the MAC. Um, I'm putting the MAC on, you know, on blast. I told everybody we we might have taken a year off for rebuild but immediately we are cream of the crop top up there with Iona and the Mac in season three.
0: Yeah, no, that's a fantastic breakdown. Like I said, I was definitely impressed by the, by the guys you were able to, to bring in by the class you were able to pull off. Um, And not only because of their ratings as players and where they ranked in terms of, you know, national ranking, international ranking. um, But also because of the number of offers each of them had, you had guys with, like you said, 17 other offers, um, with, from your center. And then the others all had, you know, seven or more other offers as well. So you were competing with a lot of teams and you were able to bring those guys in, but not only that, you, you traveled the Atlantic and you did work in Germany and Nigeria. You guys, I mean, I don't know, I don't know exactly what you had to do it. I'm, I'm hoping that the NCAA is not listening because that was as close to an admission of guilt as I've ever heard. Um, especially publicly. Um, but like I said, clearly impressive really exciting uh, outlook for your team moving forward um and so kind of moving into your team's outlook for next year like you said you you're you're projected to be a good contender in the MAC for sure um for I mean as long as some of these guys stay for the foreseeable future um but yeah I mean is there anything else you wanted to kind of touch on in terms of your outlook for next year maybe um any strategies you have it sounds like like you said you want to score a lot but um, anything else you're, you're kind of focused on going into year three?
1: So our Achilles heel will be our bench. Um, you know, I have a returning junior point guard, Adonis King. He's a 4-7 offense and a 3-1 defense before any sort of um, uh, improvement over the offseason. And he'll be a capable backup. But then after him, it gets bad quick. Because remember, <laughs> I struck out in, uh, yep. in season one. So Eli gave me these two bum centers. I mean, they're, they're, they're <laughs> just they're calling combined, out Eli. It's Eli's fault. <laughs> yeah, combined 4.7. Well, you know what? He said that you were going to get players based on your SOR. and My SOR was right around top 100 in the first year. So I didn't think I was going to get these awful guys thrown on, my, <laughs> thrown on my roster. So thank God one of them is, is a JUCO. So yep. Joe Hart's Jr. He'll be gone after this year, which is good for two reasons. One, because I'll have a chance to load up with another recruit of my own. Um yep. focus on only one and two because he'll be gone and he's terrible. And then <laughs> this guy, Dion Cunningham, is going to be every time I'm gonna look at his name, it's gonna infuriate me because the guy is a high um uh he's high loyalty and then he's also low development. So I'm stuck Oof. with him. He's never going anywhere and he's not getting much better. And he's awesome. I mean, he's, both of these centers are a 2.2 offense and a 2.5 defense. Part of the reason why I went uh, with the fast pace for this year as well was I figured maybe I could run these two centers out of town. Uh, that, was, that was in my thinking as well, is making as I can and maybe one of them will leave. Um, but, uh, yeah, that that's going to be the problem because really Cunningham for three more years is just a total waste of a scholarship. Uh, and I'm hoping that for next year, you know, my starting five being so strong and having a capable six man, you know, that will kind of negate having these two terrible centers on the bench. Yeah. Also the fact that I have the number one hundred and sixth, and really a top 100 level uh, recruit in the center of Tibor Edelin coming in that maybe, you know, he can run a lot up and down and we don't need to play these guys too much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny you mentioned. So you're, you're, low low uh, development, high loyalty uh, freshman, I guess he'll be a sophomore next year, Deion Cunningham. You know, I imagine Cunningham as the walk-on that the fans are chanting for. They want the coach to let him come into the game at the end in a blowout to see if he can score. Um, the problem is you gave him this, not you, but the simulation <laughs> gave him this irrevocable scholarship. And he thinks that he's he wants to be with the program there's no reason for him to leave but the problem is like you said he doesn't he's already basically achieved his ceiling he's not going to get much better um so yeah not a great guy to have on the end of your bench giving a scholarship to um but just like you know looking at your roster for next year um i mean it looks like your starter's the average overall for your stars is, is about 12 and a half and then that the two guys at the end of your bench are dragging your overall team average to, to just under 10, um, which is still, like you said, extremely respectable, but um, yeah, definitely frustrating, like you said to have to have that guy pulling you down at the end of your bench. Um, clearly, the crystal ball is great to have um, and it should in the, in the future help people avoid having holes on their roster like that um mm-hmm. it's just unfortunate that the year before the crystal ball was in place you were assigned one of these guys that has high loyalty low development and he's a freshman um so you're kind of stuck with them i don't it'll be tough to get, get him out of there unfortunately
1: yeah um, these two centers from north dakota and washington <laughs> you know the, the appeal know. of the jersey shore was just too much for them to to give up
0: yeah cunningham cunningham wanted to get as far away from his family as possible. It sounds like he, he needed to get across the country and try something new. It just wasn't working.
1: Jumped at whatever (laughs) dumb coach was willing to give him a D one offer. Is the problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you fit the bill.
1: (laughs) Even when I'm talking about real mammoth and, and in real college basketball, I'd rather miss on a big guy and have a bad big man on my bench have a yeah. bad guard on my bench. The problem That's is now I have two bad big guys on my <laughs> bench, and the one feels like he's never leaving. So yeah,
0: yeah. Um. So yeah, going into next year, obviously you're set with your your MAC uh, schedule. Um. Hopefully, you'll, like you said, you'll be able to compete for a, a high conference tournament um, position. And in terms of non conference games, do you have any scheduled uh, for next season? Beyond, I know, like we have a our exhibition, and we've scheduled for. Uh, to be against each other. And um, I hope you guys take it at least a little easy on on my team next year but because um, you guys did not this year. Um, and you have a, a much stronger team next year. But anyway, uh, do you have any other non-conference games scheduled at this point for next year? Or, um, I'm going to give know, you a ex- promise
1: first. I'm going to promise you that we'll start Deion Cunningham in in, <laughs> uh, in the exhibition.
0: Oh, thank you. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate we'll that. We'll let him
1: take the tip, and then we'll glue him to the back. <laughs>
0: I appreciate that. <laughs> like, no, i really
1: bad player that plays on senior day. Like, oh, yep, well, you yep. take the tip. And then, you know, then the guy doesn't even play yet. We'll let him do that in the exhibition. Okay. Uh, show you I'm not that. a monster here. But uh, <laughs> before I get into the games that I scheduled, um, I loved Eli's explanation of identifying like the four rivalry type games that you play every year. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. So, what's really cool for me is Mammoth used to be in the NEC. And that was back in the days, uh, many moons ago, when I was in college there. So having LIU, Mount St. Mary's, and Sacred Heart on my schedule every year is nostalgic. It's fun, and it definitely makes for like good road trip local East Coast games. Now, I do have UMass Lowell on my schedule as a rivalry, and UMass Lowell and Monmouth have never even played, uh, <laughs> but I'm guessing that based on UMass Lowell's like, limited D1 experience, it might have been hard. For Eli to pair him up, so I was the one who got paired up with him. It's interesting, though, because I didn't realize UMass Lowell was one of my uh, scheduled rivalry games. And that was one of the teams that I had reached out to to schedule non-conference games this year. So I'll kind of jump into that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I thought besides the crystal ball, the second coolest thing for an improvement for season two was being able to kind of fill your own schedule. Uh, I really liked it. Um, I checked out Simlinardi's rankings to find like other low and mid majors up and down the East Coast who were like in a similar talent range to my rebuilding Hawk squad, and then I just started DMing coaches on Twitter and Discord, and I was able to secure home and homes with UMBC and Stetson, and they both visited Mammoth this year, so we're going back. We're gonna go gotcha. to Maryland and we're gonna go to Florida, so hopefully we can do those back to back. You know, a nice double road trip. Yep. And then uh, Western Carolina and Hampton, uh, we traveled to last year. So they'll be coming uh, up to West Long Branch this year. Um, they were kind of our southeast uh, games. Um, and then St. Francis, New York, or St. Francis, Brooklyn, whatever you want to call them, the Terriers, they agreed to <laughs> yep. play me on Discord. And then he didn't – that coach didn't click Monmouth on his Google form. So I'm calling oh, wow. on here for ducking. Okay? <laughs> the Simhawks, we're happy to He's come scared. to Brooklyn. scared. We're happy to go there, put an absolute beat down on the Terriers, on that old little dingy, um, not even D1 level high school looking gym in the middle (laughs) of Brooklyn, okay? Probably smells like and dust. And you know what? We'll go there and we'll dust the floor with them, okay? So if, if you guys, I'm giving you the first shot, okay? If you want the chance to play us because we were supposed to this year and then you ran scared, St. Francis, New York, St. Francis, Brooklyn, terriers you're the first ones if you get at me first you get the game all right with with my new low mid-major power mammoth hawks next year if they don't answer the call i'm going to take this opportunity to throw out an open challenge to any of the listeners who are looking it. to play my sim hawks i have one open date so anybody okay we're not afraid we're not afraid <laughs> now you know what? we got five studs We want to challenge ourselves in the non-conference, okay? I'm giving St. Francis, New York, one more sniff to have a chance, okay? Because they were scared last year, and now they're probably beyond frightened with the dudes that I'm bringing in. So you know what? We got Georgetown chirping at us. We got Tech chirping (laughs) at us. You got West Virginia telling everybody how much better he's going to be next year. You got all all these teams. Come at me. Come at me, bro. Hit me up. Twitter, I don't hide, at Gump I'm on there, Discord. (laughs) I'm the only guy talking in the Mac chat to myself in Discord. Come jump in the (laughs) Mac chat. Somebody come. Come for us, all right? We have one open spot. And the one thing that I will say is I wasn't a proponent of, and I thought, like, the Pit Snoggle invitation was so cool and the Tesla that people organized those. But I was more interested in um, organizing some nice, like, local – you know, uh, East Coast rivalries and Mm -hmm. scheduling all of my games. So for me, um, that kind of worked out a little bit better for for me. And I had seen the pit snoggle when it first went up. I probably could have been one of the teams in there, but I just decided, um, you know, I wanted to try to form some bonds maybe with some coaches and, you know, uh, some friendships and then, you know, get some games that, you know, maybe I would even like the real Mammoth to play. So uh, it it was just, you know, a, a different preference. Um, I'm sure everybody went about it a different way. I know that you you were in the pit snoggle. So you went about it that yep. way. Um, yep. But, you know, I just, I decided to go with it this way. And there were a couple other teams, you know, I tried to, I tried to message Navy. They never answered me, you know, so there were, there were people that definitely ran scared from my rebuilding Hawks last year. And uh, we're going to see, you know, who's not scared to take the challenge against us this year. <laughs> Fair enough. No, yeah, I, I joined
0: the pit snoggle. I, it was
1: before. I was even
0: on Discord, and so I got reached out to about join that um, tournament kind of even before it became a tournament. Um, and so at that point, I wasn't even – like I said, I wasn't on Discord, so I wasn't even really sure I was going to reach out to many people. So I kind of just jumped at that opportunity to get a chance to play some different people that were on Twitter and things like that. But um, but <laughs> I, love, I love your open call-out. I think you're, you might have a hard time getting some of those big-time programs to – to play you, especially in a home and home with the, with the recruiting class you just brought in, but we'll see if, uh, if anyone has the, has the, the the guts to to play you guys. I would love to see it happen.
1: I'll take it Um, a step uh, further, Joe. We'll go 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 to whoever this year, because I want you (laughs) coming back in year four when I get rid of hurts junior. And I got another stud on my roster. So we'll (sighs) go to anybody this year, but you're coming to us following year. I love
0: it. So, Going into year three, we got, we got your uh, most of your schedule set and everything. Um, but not only year three, but just in, in general, what, what are some of the uh, the goals you have for Monmouth uh, within the sim? Like what are, what are you hoping to build um, f- with Monmouth?
1: So I feel like I'm set up pretty well to build because uh, my top five players are all going to be freshmen or a sophomore next year. And then, like I said, I'll get rid of one player Uh, after season three and then I'll get rid of another one after season four so I feel like my team's going to grow together which you know I really like Um, Mm -hmm. you know I inherited a 100th ranked roster in year one and then of course I rebuilt in season season two Um, I'd like to try to keep my team right around the top 100 every year I think that that's a a realistic goal for you know being a Mac Mac team Um, I want to recruit at a high level for the Mac and even in a higher, a higher level than the Mac when I can. I want to retain my guys, so I don't want, you know, my studs that, you know, I'm falling in love with these recruits and, and I'm selling them, I'm coming to West Long Branch and, and being, you know, a football throw away from the beach and <laughs> coming to beautiful Jer- in New Jersey, all right? Um, I, don't, I don't want them leaving, so I think player retention is really important. Um, yep. That's another one that's really important to me. I mean, especially being an, an alum of the school that I'm coaching, And, um, you know, being so invested in that school is I want to improve my school's prestige prestige level. I think that's really important. Like, you know what? Mamas shouldn't be a prestige five with, you know, Coach Hutchinson, Coach Gump, whatever you want to call me. You know, (laughs) when when I'm running that team, you know, that prestige level should be going up quick. And then my coaching rank. I definitely want my coaching rank to continue to rise as well. Um, Even with the bad second season, I'm still above 500 for my career which is important. Um, and then, you know, we're talking about, we want to win regular season Mac titles first because then yep. you're guaranteed to go to the NIT. So, you know, you get a, you can raise that regular season banner. You can raise the NIT banner. Um, you're, you're not bored during the, uh, the post uh, party when everybody else is, is dancing one way or another. We're out there in the <laughs> NIT with a chance to yep. go play um, an hour train ride away from campus at Mazda square garden, possibly. And then uh, we want to make as many postseason appearances as we can, whether it be NIT, NCAA tournament, any other postseason tournament that could come along. And I just want to say to Sim Iona, who um, the, the, the coach of Sim Iona is Jaden Daly, and he's actually a really respected uh, journalist for the MAC, the NEC, uh, Big East, Big Ten. I mean, he, he does it all up in New York City and beyond. Um, and he's a good friend of mine, but he knows that I'm coming for him next year. And I'm sick of Iona being the team and Ryder had a good team this year. And there's no team that Monmouth hates more than Ryder. Okay. Two central and South Jersey rivals. So we want to knock those teams off. We we, yep. we want to be, you know, the number one team in the Mac as much as possible. And, um, Sim Iona and I have actually had a few really entertaining Twitter interactions lately, uh, with me, you know, continuing to tell him that, then I'm coming for him. So yeah, we we want to come. We want to be the premier team in the MAC. Um, at least be top two or three every year. You know, we want we want to try to recruit high level, retain our guys, improve that prestige level, get Mammoth on the map, uh, get my coaching rank up, and and win MAC titles and postseason appearances.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love the the Discord Twitter rivalries that are you know developing. Um, for me, I love giving giving some some kind of shout outs to Radford. They were by far the best team I was able to beat this year. Uh, one as a 10 point underdog on the road. So I love to give them a shout out anytime I have, have the chance, but, um, and, and just to touch on your point about jumping prestige levels. So that's actually um, just so people are aware who are listening. That's currently not an aspect of the sin that's, um, you know, incorporated into it as it currently stands. We don't have that ability, but um. Eli has hinted at the fact that he's got something in the works uh, for the future. That um, there should be some way to be able to jump or or drop in prestige. So I don't know exactly what the requirements will be for that. I don't know what you'd have to do to be able to jump. Um, but that's something we can talk about a little a little later if you want to. But um, like I said, not not currently part of the simulation. But I think near t- near term, it sounds like it's something that may be incorporated, which is why you brought it up. Um, and then so. In terms of, like, your your long-term plans, it sounds like, like you said, you're a Monmouth alum, so I would guess that, you know, you're going to end up staying at Monmouth. But if, if is that your plan, or is there another school you have interest in, interest in going to? Um, is there, do you have another dream job, or, or are you, you know, Monmouth or die in terms of the sim?
1: Yeah, so I think many people on the outside looking in might look at my position at Monmouth and kind of scoff at it. And, uh, you know, when you think about Monmouth basketball, real Monmouth basketball, besides, like, that huge two-year run they had, we included the bench mob and the yeah. Power Five upsets, you know, beating Notre Dame on Thanksgiving, opening the season, winning at Pauley Pavilion against UCLA, Justin Robinson being, you know, a top five point guard in the nation. Um, outside of that, Monmouth isn't exactly... Among the programs that people think of that are at the yeah. tip of their tongue when they discuss college basketball. But like you said, I'm an alum, I'm a season ticket holder. I co host a Mammoth podcast for the real team. Um, you know, and I'm arguably the biggest Mammoth basketball fan in the world. So, um, <laughs> like I said, I heard about the sim pretty early on, and um, I was able to get in really early to select my team. I want to say there was maybe less than 100 teams that had already been chosen. So during that time, I looked through and I'm telling you, there were there were big schools, there were Power 5 schools, there were A-10 schools, Mount West, I mean, there were a lot of schools to choose from. And I debated over taking on my beloved Monmouth or going with NJIT, which would have been interesting because I would have been the a son with you, or Albany. In the yeah. And the, the thing that I liked about NJIT and Albany are they're two low mid-majors that I kind of follow, and both of them only have eight other teams in their conference. So it would have been more attainable to make March Madness, which I love about you being at Liberty that, you know, first of all, you only have to beat out one team to get in your conference tournament every year. And second of all, you only have to really beat out, you know, seven other teams um, to make it to March Madness. Um, I didn't even entertain the idea of clicking any of those big schools. I'm a big, low mid-major basketball guy. I live in New Jersey. So like I said, NJIT, Albany, fairly local. Um, and it really was an internal struggle for me, Joe. Um, about should I take Mammoth? Should I not? I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't want to screw them up. Uh, it, it 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 was tough. And ultimately, um, I said, you know what? I have to do everything that I can to make Mammoth as good as they can be. So I ended up taking Mammoth, and I want to bring up their prestige. I want to bring up my coach rating. I want to bring Mammoth to new heights. And I'm gonna throw this out to you. Everyone around here always says, "Who is going to be the East Coast Gonzaga?" So why can't I make Monmouth the East Coast Gonzaga in the Sim World? Why not? Um, <laughs> why not? No,
0: yeah, I mean, I definitely know Monmouth best for the bench mom. That's you know when I think Monmouth, I think all the all the antics on their bench from you know a couple of years back, uh, along with Justin Robinson. Hey, but, maybe um, Cunningham could do that. <laughs> there you go, Re- <laughs> revive it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, nope, I agree with you. Though I really do enjoy leading a lower tier program. I'm trying to build something. You know, it's more of a challenge. It requires a little bit more more effort, which clearly I'm willing to do that if I'm putting a, putting together a podcast. But um, um yeah, I mean, it, it is. It takes a little bit more effort. It takes a little bit more um, time. But you know, I think it's it's more fun. It's a little more challenging. Um, you know, as for your point about Monet essentially being your dream job, I will admit that my dream job is Creighton. Um, I did go. I did grow up going to their games um, in the Kyle Corver days. Before you know, before they were in a big time arena, before they were playing in the Big East. So I love the mid major thing for sure. Um, but I, I'm more than more than content at Liberty. I'll, I'm planning on being here long term. But you know, if that Creighton job did open up, that would be the one job that I would consider. Um, you know, another thing I wanted to touch on um, was just if there was anything within the sim that you think, you know, could be potentially changed at some point down the road or upgraded, you know, um, I do want to just mention the fact that clearly like everyone's extremely thrilled with the way the sims run. I mean, it's an incredibly impressive thing that Eli has done, um, but there has been discussion, you know, on, on just a couple different things that maybe um, people think down the road could be, be improved. And it, and I think it really, if anything, it's just a testament to what Eli has been able to do because it's, it, it's kind of given people the, the impression that he's able to do whatever it takes to make this thing, um, you know, perfect in, in, in each person's eyes. But so is there anything that kind of comes to your mind in terms of things that you, you'd like to see as additions or changes or upgrades or anything, uh, yeah, so anything I, like that?
1: I want to say, first of all, I think that we are respectfully forward thinking with these ideas and it's yeah. not, Um, You know, I'm not complaining about anything because I do really um, enjoy everything about the sim. Um, So really, I I think it's just being forward thinking, thinking out of the box, you know, throwing some ideas out there. Um, The first one is definitely box scores and player stats. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a little hard to tell, like, how your players are doing um, with this, especially if, you know, you're not winning a lot of games like I had last year. So as recruiting goes on, I feel like, all the coaches are going to be even more invested on e- how each of their guys that they brought in are doing. So with box scores and player stats, you know, that will at least give you um, more of an idea of, you know, did, did I like blow it by bringing on Michael Aluma or is he giving me 10 points a game and no defense, you know, is Quigley, yeah. you know, able to get me nine and a half rebounds a game, even though he's not a big scorer. So, you know, just a little bit more insight as we all are going to become, Way more invested in the players on the team.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree that would be a fun add I, for me personally. It's not like a huge thing. Um, I think to me, it kind of sounds like something that could end up being you know a lot of work on Eli's end for something that's um, it doesn't add any level of strategy or anything to the game. So that would be my one contention. But like 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 you said, if if we did have it, it would allow you to kind of get a feel for you know who's performing on your team, give you a little bit more. Um, you know, give you an idea of how guys are developing over, over the course of their careers
1: and things like that. So that would be fun. Uh, Yeah. And then even like, if you could say like, Oh, well, this guy was a thousand point scorer in three years, you know, something like that just because, you know, a little insight Um, next is something that's been thrown around. So it's not exactly my idea, but I do support it Um, bringing in the CIT and the CBI, um, especially when you're thinking about low and mid majors um, who are getting left out, who had good years. Um, because really, it's, it's a little bit of a dead period um, with the NIT and the NCAA tournament uh, if your team is not in postseason. So uh, this would give us a chance to get, I think, 64 more teams, 32 in each of those postseason tournaments. So just yep. to keep people entertained, keep things going on, uh, give people more chances to talk trash and have people measure their team up against other teams that had good years.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that that is one that I feel like I haven't heard Eli's or seen anything where Eli's indicated that that'll be an an addition in the near future. But I feel like it would be one that wouldn't be too terribly difficult. Um, Again, speaking for myself, I I don't exactly know what all goes into what he's doing. But again, from the outside looking in, it looks like one that might be able to be
1: added relatively, relatively easily. Yeah, Um, I agree with you because there's got to be an algorithm for how they choose like the at-large bids for the NCAA tournament, and then yeah. um, and then how they choose the NIT team. So then it would just, you know, systematically just go down the list of, you know, this is a one seed in the CIT, this is a one seed in the CBI, et cetera, et cetera. And even if, you know, they couldn't figure out um, where the CBI is all low in mid-majors, if they couldn't figure that out, even if you just had the next 64 best teams, you know, thrown in there um, in the two Uh, postseason tournaments I think that would be really cool yeah Um, next up for me are more awards so we already have the the first team and the player of the year Uh, I'd love to see you know second team conference and uh, maybe an all freshman team a rookie of the year defensive player of the year and a coach of the year Uh, I know some of these awards aren't are already in place but adding all of them would really help give people more things to talk trash to each other about. So like maybe this year when my team was 10 and 18, I might be able to boast that DeWan Vaughn was rookie of the year in the Mac and he was on the all yeah. freshman at least. So, you know, it'd give me like a glimmer of hope or something to at least, uh, you know, be able to talk about while I was left out of, you know, Mac madness and, and March madness. So, um, and again, I, I feel like the way that it's set up now, you know, it, it picks the, the five best players and the best player, like maybe it could just, you know, be able to do that as well. You know, the, the best overall freshman, uh, one of the two best or whatever would end up, you know, getting yeah. here, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a defensive player of the year a coach of the year award would be pretty cool too. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, this
0: one kind of goes in the same um, category as the box scores to me. wouldn't be my highest priority, but I do think, yeah, maybe sometime down the road, it would be a fun, fun addition to kind of see, you know, the different awards
1: that your guys are racking up throughout their career. Um, the next one that I have, I said maybe non-conference contracts that you could sign because I am worried okay. that I might lose my previous agreed upon home and home games if people jump from their current teams or say one of those power schools that I called out plays me this year and the game's close or we upset them at their at their place and then they decide not to honor uh, the following year, which we see all the time in uh, college yeah. sports. So, uh, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool, Um, especially because, unfortunately, I don't think that there are a lot of people like you and I who want to ride it out long term on uh, these teams that are non-Power 5 or stud teams. So I think that a lot of people are trying to, you know, um, get a stepping stone job and then move on. So uh, it makes it a little bit hard when, you know, you're trying to set these things up, you know, year in, year out. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're, you and I are always trying to think two steps ahead. So, uh, coaching, uh, a non-conference contract would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I I think that that's an interesting, um, interesting idea one I hadn't thought of, to be honest, um, for me, like, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, and I think if we had more ability to schedule or we had ability to schedule more of our non-conference games, it would be something that I would definitely be more on board with. But just the fact that we only have five games, I think, um, you know, with the ability to kind of chat people up on Discord or on Twitter, I don't think it's like too terribly difficult to fill a game if you need to here or there if, if someone drops out. So, um, you know, that would be my one thought where I don't know if, if Eli would, would see that as like an a extremely necessary ad. But, again, I can I
1: definitely understand the sentiment, and uh, I think it is a good idea. And then the last one, I think this one's probably the easiest To be done and probably the most important, especially selfishly from a team that is so starter dominant, um, a rotation strategy like either I can assign virtual minutes played to each player or even something as easy as sub more or sub less. So like, you know, we have the one to five with things, maybe one being, you know, you play, uh, you sub, you know, minimal five, meaning you sub frequently and you could go anywhere from one to five. Which seems to kind of be that scale that uh, Eli is going with with different things, and I think that this would be really interesting because you probably have teams that are totally loaded with eight really, really like all Americans like Arizona who gets whoever he wants, <laughs> You know, he could sign five of the top thirty guys and, and and sign three and three of them in in each recruiting cycle with you know nobody being able to break his crystal ball. Uh, so you know, I think I think that this could definitely be. A, really important for strategy, which I know you're really based on the strategy of yep. the game. And then B, it seems like it could be kind of easily done.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, I would be curious to see, you know, I, I think it would be, it sounds like it'd be easy to incorporate that, um, especially where you were, you were saying, if it's just like a, a level thing where it's like you, you choose how much you play your starters versus your bench and things like that. It sounds like it's something that, that is easy, one of the easier things to incorporate. Just would be curious to see how difficult it would be to, um, con- or to add that to you know the the simulation results and how how easy it would be to make that transition. But I think I, I mean it, like it sounds it sounds doable um, from my perspective. So I think that would be really fun. You know you you'd see um, you could see a, a situation where your a team's two best players are both the same position, and you know you can only start one of them, but some, but but maybe they have the the last two guys on the bench are the two worst players on their team. So then they're at a dilemma where they have to decide if they want to play their their second best player off the bench or if they uh, if they want to just ride their starters. So I I think it's a it'd be fun. It'd be a nice element to add. Um, and like you said, it is strategy oriented, which is kind of my main focus at this point, trying to gain any little edge I can at Liberty. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be a really fun one to. To see incorporated for sure um yeah so but well and then I guess the last thing I want to touch on too is just um from my perspective in terms of things that I want to see updated the only the only thing that's like my focus at this point that I'm hoping happens is is just going back to that prestige um, being able to be moved up or down Um, and like I said Eli did hint at that so I think it's something that we'll see at some point it may not be season three but I think we'll see it at some point Um, But that's the main thing I'd be interested in. Otherwise, I will not be nearly as motivated to stay at Liberty long term. Um, But if that's put in place, I really have no reason to leave, leave Liberty. Um, And then, so yeah, if there was anything else, you know, SIM related that you wanted to talk about, uh, touch on really quickly, uh, any frustrations you have surrounding, you know, building a low major program or things you've enjoyed, things you want to see more of, anything anything you kind of want
1: to touch on to close this out? So one really cool thing is that um, I have four of my childhood lifelong best friends, and they run some other teams in, in, in the sim as well. They, they, um, I pushed them to get involved as well, so they signed up after I did, and they run Moorhead State, Eastern Kentucky, Delaware, and Texas A&M, Corpus, Christian, uh, Corpus Christi. And we're like on a sim text group. We're constantly chatting about our teams, our recruits, the crystal ball, etc. And, you know, outside of, you know, my immediate friend group, you know, it's been really fun to, like, talk trash to the other sim coaches via Twitter and Discord. And, of course, I got to give shout outs to Iona and Georgetown and Georgia Tech, to name a few, have been really fun to draw with. And I've actually adopted using all gifts from the show Jersey Shore ever since Georgetown tweeted at me about the cabs are here in reply <laughs> to my recruiting halls this season. Yep. Um, so that that's been great. Like the, the social aspect of it. I mean, now being able, you know, you and I've been chatting for a couple of days now, um, yep. you know, UMBC <laughs> is uh, Nicola Renson. I, I, I follow him on Twitter well before this, I gave him a shout out about this. He's a good, um a good college basketball guy, Kevin Sweeney uh, at college basketball central uh, he runs Siena. you know, so there's, there, there's a lot of cool people that you're able to interact with um, in a time when, Socialization is still really tough, um, you yeah. know, in the world. Um, my major frustration in two words is Deion Cunningham uh, <laughs> being stuck on my, on my roster yep. for three years, three years because I struck out in the pre-Crystal Ball, whereas now people can identify like a better two-star guy to fill that roster spot in such a circumstance, and that's a little frustrating. Um, I'd also like to see more coaches get on the Discord conference chats, um, interact with each other on Twitter. I find Twitter is a little bit harder to interact with people than discord because Discord's a little bit more organized. Um, yeah. And especially on like the, the Mac chat on discord is, I mean, it's pathetic. It's like, I'm talking to myself. So you know what? I own to get on the discord chat. Uh, I know Sienna's on there, but he kind of lays dormant, but you know, maybe Ryder can get on there. You know, uh, you're getting a lot of listens on this. So this is, you know, this is <laughs> the best way. Whoever's listening to the podcast if you're not on discord and you are uh, a sim coach get on discord connect with the people in your conference connect with who you're playing in the non-conference talk a bunch of trash and have some fun
0: oh 100 percent. i definitely agree um and definitely would recommend if you're not on discord um just like i said any of the coaches that are listening that aren't on there get on there um you know, shoot me a, shoot me a tweet or something. And I can, I can send you the link to the discord if you need it. Um, like there's, there's just a lot of great discussion on there about, about results, about strategy, lining up non-conference games. Um, just lots of interaction happens there. And, and obviously the more people we get on there, the better. And um, the longer this thing keep rolling. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really the last thing, if, if, if there's anything you want to share about you, you know, letting people know again where they can find you on Twitter, any information about your Monmouth podcast you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, so this was cool. I mean, it's really fun to be a guest on a podcast. Um, earlier this summer, I was a guest on the Real Iona basketball podcast, and then to be on here with you and be the first guest uh, was really cool. Uh, podcasting has become something that is uh, really positive uh, way to be able to talk about things that not a lot of people are interested in, in my inner circle. So for me, it's mammoth basketball, you know, like you had said, you want to talk about the the heat check sim and you don't want to bother your wife anymore. My, my wife <laughs> definitely won't want to listen to me on the real Monmouth team, let alone my fake mammoth team or my virtual mammoth team. Um, but people can find me on Twitter at Gumpuch, G-U-M-P-H-U-T-C-H. And, uh, definitely try to follow my podcast on Twitter. It's at Monmouth podcast. Um, and you know, I, I ultimately, uh, decided to just tweet regarding my hashtag heat check Hawks on my original Twitter handle in hopes that it might entertain some of my followers who are fans of the real Monmouth Hawks as well. Um, so I didn't make, you know, a team specific Twitter handle. Um, I decided just to go with my regular Twitter handle and, Uh, you know, like I said, podcasting, I think is a, a fun outlet. Um, I like to listen to podcasts, you know, when I get my workout in, when I go outside to get my shots up, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, if you're on the road, I think that, um, if you know people who you're friendly with or acquaintances with, and they have teams in the heat check sim, you should definitely suggest to them to listen to this because, um, first of all, Joe was so informative in the first session. And then, you know, he brings on what I would say, uh, my role when I say my role on the podcast as well. Um, my, my partner, Ryan is more of like the, um, the organization and, and I call myself more of the color guy. I'd say that I kind of filled the role as the color guy in, in this, uh, this episode. And I'm sure that you're going to be selective and really find some, some entertaining guests as it goes on. And it's, it's kind of, it's so funny that even through um, social media, you can kind of see people's uh, big personalities push through <laughs> with the way that they are. So, um, you know, I'm sure that uh, you'll be able to find some really entertaining guests to add on. Um, I just want to say that, you know, for the real Sim Shady, I hope you find tremendous success with this <laughs> endeavor. And uh, I really thank you. I really appreciate that out of, you know, all of the 350 coaches and, you know, the however many that reached out to you to be a guest that you were able to, you know, choose me to be the inaugural guest. And uh, for everybody listening, I hope that I did not disappoint. And I hope that I said a couple things that really irked you and you want to play my mom Hawks next year. <laughs> Well, Marco, yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate
0: you coming on and being the first guest. Um, I, you know, I really enjoyed our conversation, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you can do with that Monster Recruiting class at Monmouth. So good luck to you in the future.
1: Thanks so much, and hopefully in two years we will be talking about Monmouth being the Gonzaga of the East Coast. Best of luck with everything. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thank you.
0: Before we close, I wanted to provide you guys a quick update on what's to come between now and our next episode. On August 21st, we will find out the March Madness national champion. And so between now and our next episode, really, that's the only cycle that's going to take place. That's going to be really exciting to find out who's, who's crowned Season two's national champion. We know it's going to be a new champion as Michigan was uh, dethroned. So I'm looking forward to finding that out and um, discussing that on the March Madness recap in the next episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter at HCSimShow. Please feel free to send in comments and questions, and I will do my best to incorporate my responses into future episodes. Thanks for listening, and I'm looking forward to bringing you another episode with another great guest this weekend. Simulator. you